Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the protest. So you will see this behavior, this sort of pushing back, automatic no, this instant protest to almost any new idea or any kind of transition with really strong-willed kids. You'll see it with um, you know, kids that I, I lovingly call gladiators. So they just have a very powerful counter will. And how you respond to the protest can really make a difference in terms of the quality of your life and theirs and how interactions play out. So today we're going to look at how not to feed into the protest. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So first of all, let's describe what the protest is. So, so just sort of in a broader sense, these are children who really push without even thinking something through. It's no, no, I'm not going to. And you'll even see it in their humor. No, honey, can you do that? No, but they're being funny. They're being cheeky They're They're going to do it, but there's this constant. It's almost like this automatic reflex to hit the brakes. And what you will notice is you'll see it physically. These kids are often pushing back against chairs when they're sitting them or they're, they're tipping the chair back or they're, when you hug them, they squeeze extra hard or they hold your hand and they squeeze your hand. Um, they're constantly kinetically and, and energetically often pushing back on their environment uh, physically, not just emotionally. So it's something you'll, you'll tend to see in their behavior. Uh, in, in a number of different ways. So what is the protest? It is literally, honey, can you make sure, and, and let's even say that you're mirroring first, you're doing your connecting first, honey, I love you. I know you're busy and you got a lot of stuff to do. I get it. But um, by five o'clock, I'm going to need you to unload the dishwasher. Um, with a child like this, who, who really intensely engages the protest, they're immediately going to say no, no, or I will, or leave me alone, or stop it. Why do I have to do it? My brother just, it's his turn, right? You'll see this kind of protest. Now, what often happens is we engage right away. We take the bait. What do you mean? You wasn't your turn. It, it, it is your turn. It was his turn yesterday. And why can't you just say yes? Why can't you? We sort of jump right in and we we sort of engage in, in the explosiveness of that um, behavior. Now, a couple of things happen. Linking back to other um, podcasts that I've talked about, a lot of that, there's a little bit of self-medicating, right? If I can engage my parent in some kind of escalated interaction, I'm going to get a blast of adrenaline. Adrenaline is a stimulant. It stimulates the frontal lobe. It actually gets the frontal lobe lit up and it mimics in, in many ways, ADHD medication. So the frontal lobe is then getting stimulated. They get a little kind of jazz of electricity, which actually they can use to do the task. But as a parent, we're a dish rag. We're exhausted. Why did we have to go through that? So recognizing that you don't always have to engage in the protest is really important. And, and I like calling it act as if. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm and you immediately start, well, yes, you are going. And these are all the reasons why you need to go. And, they, and then you, you're sucked into that kind of um, 
drama. If you literally just mirror, I get it, but you know what, sweetie, you are going and we'll see you downstairs in a few minutes. Like you sort of act as if it's happening, stay in flow and don't bite into the protest. Often they will come down the stairs and get in the car. And if you say, oh, look at you coming down the stairs. Isn't that nice? I'm so glad you decided to come. They'll give you a harder time next time during the protest. So when they come down the stairs, it's just like, yeah, glad you're here. Very nice, neutral response where you're acknowledging it, but not with a lot of energy. Just, you know, sort of a gentle kind of thank you, right? Really simple. Now, you know, I, I can think of an example of this. Olivia is much older now and she's sort of past the protest, although it's still, and Olivia's my youngest um, and she's my gladiator. It'll still come out in her humor, right? She'll still say no, even when she's going to, when she means yes. And because she said no so often as a little kid, I still have a reaction to it sometimes, even when it's humor. Um, but you can just see, it's like this little piece of her that still just has to hold on and push back a little bit. So this is quite an old story, but this is probably a year or two ago where Olivia had uh, some tutoring. She had a, a big exam that was coming up and she, you know, she, she of course said, no, I don't need it. But then told me how much she does need it. Um, so we booked the tutor for her and I was reminding her that she had tutoring in about half an hour and immediately I'm not doing it. I don't need it. I told you I didn't need a tutor, blah, blah, blah. Now, I could engage in that protest and be like, you did tell me and you're going to have to pay for it. And this is this woman's time and blah, blah. We could, gotten, gotten, we could have gotten into a whole thing about it. But I now recognize, because I see this in so many of the kids that I work with, <laughs> hear about it from so often from families that I work with. If you just don't take the bait, if you just don't bite into that fish bait, it'll go very differently. And, and she actually got quite upset. I didn't, I don't even think I mirrored in that moment. I might've a little bit, um, you know, it sucks when you forget that you have something and you had your whole evening plan. I probably did something like that. Um, but in the middle of a protest, sometimes that won't even work. And I didn't even say, well, you know, you're, you are doing it. I just left it. I walked away and I didn't say another thing about it. And then of course I go down the hall to listen at her door. And of course she's on with her tutor having a very lovely conversation. Um, and after she came and apologized to me, mom, I don't know why I do that. It's such a weird habit that I have. It was actually a good session. I'm sorry I put you through that. I didn't uh, have to have a whole conversation with her about it. It didn't, I didn't even have to have like a learning teaching moment because I didn't engage in the prote protest. She was able to come back to me. So what happens so often with these kids is when we get pulled into the drama, when we get pulled into the yelling and screaming and, and we'll address the part of you that I know you're thinking, but how do they get away with, with this? And where's the messaging that this is not okay. I promise I'll come back to that because it is important. Um, but, but the more you can not engage in this, the more, at, let me put it this way. When you do start yelling and screaming or you do get into a big argument or you do take the bait, they now have A, an adrenaline hit. So they're medicating themselves on you to help regulate. And two, they can now focus on your behavior instead of theirs. They can walk away going, oh, mom is so mean and she never cares about this or dad always you know, does this and that. And, and, and it's a lovely kind of convenient way to not reflect on their own behavior. But if we go back to that incident with Olivia and the tutor, because I had almost no reaction to it, 
I didn't storm away. I didn't look hurt. I literally just didn't have much of a reaction at all. I just kind of walked away. Um, where could that energy go? That energy had to go inward into self-reflection so that by the time she finished the tutoring appointment, she came back out and said, mom, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why. I don't even know why I did that. We had this amazing conversation about it. So, and I'm not saying ignore everything all the time. I'm just saying that sometimes this is a really powerful way to not step in and be part of the problem. So let's address the second part. So for those of you thinking, well, what are you supposed to do here? Um, you know, are you, are you supposed to just ignore this behavior? Um, you can always, we do a lot of our best parenting before things happen and way after things happen. We rarely do our best parenting in the moment, right? We're escalated too. We're reacting also. We're feeling hurt. It's triggering our own patterns or, you know, things that our siblings did when we were little or trips patterns that, you know, that we recognized from when we were children. So we end up becoming part of the problem. So we can do a repair. We can go back later and say, so we use the tutoring example. Hey, that didn't go particularly well. You were clearly incredibly upset and I knew you weren't expecting your tutor. How could I have handled that differently? What could I have done? So that would have gone better. And then the child would say, whatever. And then you'd say, okay, so now look, let's look at, cause I'm a person too, that hurt my feelings. And it really felt hurtful. And I'm just trying to help you. And I'm following your advice, which is you said this was hard and you needed a tutor. And then that's what happened, right? So then you can come back and set the limit, but you're doing it in this really collaborative um, way. And you're doing it after the kind of initial emotions have softened and relaxed. You can also do it before. Hey, last time I told you about the tutor and it was really upsetting for you. I've booked the tutor for Thursday. How close to that would you like a reminder? Or would you like to not have a reminder at all? Just put it in your phone and you take care of it. Um, and then you can kind of, what you'll, what you'll see there, you might still have a protest. Ah, I have something on Thursday. Ah. And you can sort of do the same thing and just kind of walk away and then revisit it later. Um, but often the, the protest isn't as, as bad when it's a few days in advance. <laughs> like they'll usually come back and revisit it. So this is, this is a really important way to make sure that you're responding to your kids instead of reacting to your kids and not stepping in, in those landmines or um, you know, grabbing onto that fish bait all the time. And then you can have these lovely conversations later about how come it happens all the time? What can I do differently? Do you ever think about what that does for you? Like, what do you, honestly, what, like, help me understand what, what happens to you when I say things, especially with older kids, you'll often get these very thoughtful responses of like, I, I actually don't know, never actually thought about it. Um, and, and sometimes the simplest conversations can translate into change and you'll think, oh, that can't possibly, that small con conversation can't possibly be the why, you know, this suddenly got better. But sometimes those little moments where you're just bringing light to a situation where you're just looking at something in a different way, or you've just sort of danced a different set of steps instead of what you normally do is sometimes enough to change a really yucky pattern. So start thinking about the protest. First, first what I recommend is before you make any kind of changes to your parenting, up your mirroring, 
up the conversational mirroring, a little bit of limbic bonding, like just reminding your child how cute they are and rub noses and like just so really connect first. And then in this phase, start observing. When do these protests happen? Is there a pattern? Is it more, is it later in the day when they're tired? Does it happen to be when they're hungry? Do they do it more on a night that they hadn't, haven't had a good sleep before? Is it a, is it a function of anxiety? They're nervous about something coming up. Um, it, does it really just seem to be a reflex? Is it any time you're injecting a new uh, request or um, the brain has to go in a different direction? Start to observe the protest a little bit and then observe your own feelings regarding it. it. There's like a flash inside of you. Sometimes it's so frustrating. Like, are you kidding me? I'm just trying to help you get organized. I'm just trying to do this stuff for you. And this is how I get treated and see what it links to. Does it link to other areas of your life when you, where you feel like people don't listen to you? Just, just observe it in the beginning, just sort of take a week and just kind of look at it. Um, and then the next week, try to not respond to the protest. And I mean, it's helpful if you, if you partner with someone, if you're a parent with someone, if you're um, parenting together to say, hey, I'm going to try this. Be great if you would, but you don't have to. Uh, but I'm going to be trying this. So it's going to look like I'm ignoring certain things for the next week. But I'm really interested to see if not engaging, if not biting into this fish bait actually creates a situation where my child comes back and apologizes or protests less severely the next time. And just see, just play around with it and see how it goes. And think about the, the, mo the fact that we do most of our best parenting before something happens that's unpleasant and after we rarely do our best in the middle. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, I would love to hear from people in the comment section, how this goes, uh, reactions that they get from their kids, anything that they've noticed uh, would be really helpful. Any questions that you have about this? This is a pretty common behavior with, uh, with strong-willed kids. Um, and remember too, that we've got all kinds of supports for you at Connected Parenting. We have a whole team of therapists. We've got our online classes. We've got two types of online classes. We've got our village, which is really such a beautiful way to support each other and have Connected Parenting team members on there, helping you and supporting you as you try these different things um, and supporting each other and continuing to practice mirroring the calm technique, which is really the sort of biggest pillar of all um, and for a refresher, go back to uh, the first three episodes of the podcast where I really go over that intensely. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Connected Parenting.